0: The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. Glory Glory to you, you, Lord Christ. Christ. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During supper, when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. But afterward, you will understand. And Peter said to him, "You shall never wash my feet." And Jesus answered him, "If I do not wash you, you have no share with me." And Simon Peter said to him, "Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head." And Jesus said to him, "The one who has bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you, for he knew who was to betray him, and that was why he had said, "Not all of you are clean." Blessed are you if you do them. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love one for another. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise be to you, Lord Christ.
1: Would you please pray with me? Father in heaven, we thank you for your word. It is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Would you make my words and the meditation of all of our hearts pleasing this evening to you? O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, again, welcome to our Monday, Thursday service. I don't know about you, but I did not grow up in a liturgical church and so I'd been a Christian for a while before I'd ever heard of a Monday-Thursday service. And I, when I first thought about it, I thought, how long does it last? Monday to Thursday, or is it Monday and Thursday? I don't think I'm in for that. I'm not that mature of a Christian. No, Monday, as in the Latin root, meaning mandate or command. We're in verse 34 here from what Josh read for us in our gospel reading Jesus says, love one another as I have loved you, this new command I give to you. The context here is the night before he dies on the cross where he's in his last training session, so to speak, with his disciples before sending them off into the world. And you can imagine Jesus wondering to himself, before I leave, how can I tell them what I'm all about, where it will stick and they will remember? and what they must be about while I am, as I am leaving. And so he comes up not with a set of propositions to leave them with, but with a picture. A picture is worth a thousand words. And he leaves with them a picture that's a physical sign of a spiritual reality that he offers to wash away our sin with his blood. The sin of us in exchange for his righteousness, costly earned, but freely offered to us. He washes his disciples' filthy feet. So let's look briefly at what this picture tells us this evening about how he loves us in order to see how we are to love others. Two points. Jesus redefines love and Jesus redefines blessing. First, love. Jesus offers a contrast here, his kingdom love with our culture's love, the tendency of humanity to love. Our culture's love says, your life is for me. I'm attracted to you because you make me feel better about me. You're a commodity that meets my needs. You satisfy my hunger Think of Tom Cruise to Renee Zellweger and Jerry Maguire. You complete me. This culture love asks the question, what can you give me to complete me, to fill me? It's a hungry, taking love. In contrast to this love of our culture, Christ's kingdom love says, not your life is for me, but my life is for you. I love and serve you regardless of what you do for me or to me. This kingdom love of Christ says, what can I give that you need? What can I give that will help you? Not a hungry taking love, but a humble giving love. And we see Christ exercising this love in his humility of sacrificial service to his disciples. He starts in verses two and four. The meal was in progress and he got up. He was willing to be interrupted, inconvenienced in the middle of the meal. He denies himself and initiates. He takes off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. An act of great dishonor in that culture and especially because what he was about to do in order to wash 24 filthy sandaled feet. Now it's not like what we're about to do here in our culture. I know some of you, you, before you came here, you washed your feet before coming to have your feet washed. And I know some of you have even had pedicures in anticipation of this evening. Nothing like that. In the ancient Near East, dirty roads, open sewers, animal feces, rain, washing it all together so that that had been caked on for no, no matter, not, not knowing how many days, when he was face to face with each, each foot, nauseous. No, there was no more lowly task in the ancient Near East than washing feet. In fact, only for the lowliest Could they wash feet? Who were the lowliest? Gentile slaves, not Jewish slaves, Gentile, children, and women. Those were the only ones allowed to wash feet. And in the ancient Near East, the shame of washing feet was second only to the shame of being a criminal crucified. Oh, how he loves us. Oh, how he wants us to love others. Philippians 2, Jesus, the eternal son, heir of all, did not consider equality with God something to be held to, but he humbled himself. He condescended, taking on our sin, our dirt, the sacrificial lamb of God who washes us clean with his blood. The honored one dishonors himself. And by the time he was finished, they were all clean and he wore around his waist all their filth. That's how he was robed in unrighteousness. Jesus did all this knowing that by sunrise the next day, all would turn away from him in his very darkest hour. And so in addition to the humility of sacrificial service we hear, we see here in him washing their feet, we see Jesus's kingdom love also involving a vision, a vision of sanctified disciples, of glorified disciples. His kingdom love has an eye toward their future sanctified, glorified selves. That's how he serves. That's how he loves. He doesn't look at where you are, right where you are. While we were yet sinners, he died for us. He sees beyond our sin to our sanctified, glorified state. From the start, he does this with the disciples. When he calls them and loves them with this vision, I will make you fishers of men. Instead of looking at what is happening tonight He looks past the falling away of tomorrow, Good Friday, and he looks to Pentecost Sunday when the sanctifying Holy Spirit will change these disciples. Christ loves others towards their future sanctified self. Oh, how he loves us. It's how he wants us to love others. And then verse 17, he says, if you know these things... You'll be blessed if you do them. You see, Jesus not only redefines love, he redefines blessing, true blessing. It doesn't come from the way of the world's economy. What is that way? The way of the world's economy for blessing says if you give away, you have less. Instead, God's economy says, if you serve and give away, you receive more. Luke 18 He who exalts himself will be humbled but he who humbles himself will be exalted Proverbs 11:25 whoever refreshes others will be refreshed or some translation whoever waters others will be watered And of course Jesus says it's better to give than to receive And this is the nature of ultimate reality. This is the way things have always been. The, the one thing that has lasted forever in eternity past, the triune God, perfect love relationship, a love community, giving to the other, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, outward oriented. And this is the nature of our redeemed reality in Christ. And so it's because it becomes a blessing when hard circumstances of our lives or difficult people in our lives challenge us, give us an opportunity for self-denial to turn from ourselves to the cross. Now you may say, but pastor, that's too hard to live like that. It's too hard to love like that. I'd say it's not just hard, it's impossible without the power of Christ to turn us from ourselves to him to his humble sacrificial love with a vision for what people will be when he does a work in their lives Charles Swindoll the great pastor theologian says what does the lord do to help broaden my horizons and assist me in seeing how selfish i am very simple He gives me four busy kids who step on shoes, wrinkle clothes, spill milk, lick car windows, and drop sticky candy on the carpet. Being unselfish in attitude strikes at the very core of our being. It means we are willing to forego our own comfort, our own preferences, our own schedule, our own desires for another's benefit. And that brings us back to Christ unquote. So friends, as you are, as your feet are washed here in just a moment, look upon the one washing as if it's Christ washing you and let that picture bring to to you a fresh view of Christ. Oh, how he loves me. Oh, how he loves us. And as you receive the bread and wine later in the service, his body and blood torn and shed for you. And as you contemplate the overturned empty cup poured out for you, shrouded in black, allow his presence in those pictures to feed you and nourish you in order to love others as he has loved you. Would you join me in prayer? Lord Jesus Christ, thank you for loving us to the end, to the end of your life, to the end of yourself. Oh, how you love us. Oh, you have given your life for us. What more could you give? Lord, help us to love others as you have loved us. We pray In your strong and precious name, amen.